0: This is Paul Nobles from Econform, and once again, I am here. We're actually here with our lifetime clients, if you're not familiar. um, After a couple months, typically we do give people the option to become lifetime members. And I've always said this, that, that that group is sort of the foundation that shows the path to all the new people. Um I will say, you know, I was thinking about this let me well, let me first introduce um Becky, so Becky is the director of coaching here at Reform. and then Carolyn is one of those people who she directs, but uh Carolyn's a a huge cog in the wheel here at Reform also, and um I'm sure some of you have probably seen well, probably both of them in your files, but you'd probably see Carolyn more um. <laughs> it kind of depends it kind of depends on how squeaky you are. <laughs> if you're really squeaky, you'll hear more from Becky if you're less squeaky, you'll hear more from Carolyn um, okay so yeah, I mean in terms of lifetime, you know, this is our foundational group, I mean we're sort of joking about the squeaky or less squeaky, in general this group is less squeaky um, because they, they can pretty much teach people the methods that are in the form, right? And, you know, there was somebody that said something and she she was a lifer and it was just so profound because she was talking about the one time that she went in for a mini cut. And um, the um the mini cut, you know, was successful, but it sort of took more away from her than it gave. And ultimately, what she figured out that she would have been better off just sticking to the plan, kind of testing. You know, it's funny, because if you look at everybody on this phone call, almost all of us are willing to push ourselves physically to the brink and even over, right? Because active people often will get hurt. And sometimes you don't know, sometimes it builds up to that, you know, most of the you know like when i tore my mcl a few years ago um, literally one of the most frustrating thing about that was um it it happened like in the third day of covid so you know my wife and i had planned we had started a running program and we were going to kind of use that as a way to kind of get back into cardio shape and and man that that derailed me um but, you know, we're all comfortable pushing the physically hard side, but then the mentally hard side, sometimes we don't, right? And you go, well, mentally, you know, if I'm pushing the physical, aren't I pushing the mental? Yeah, but I'm talking about like being willing to gain weight after 20 years of dieting, right? That kind of thing. And so so that that's a little tougher. And and that's tough for me. That's tough for for everyone. Um, just for people that are watching the podcast, um, the, you know, I pretty much know or have talked to in some way, shape, or form everybody on this phone call. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to just wear my parrot hat. I'm actually waiting for them to get a a red macaw parrot hat, and you can kind of see the back of this has like feathers. And the red macaw one that they're coming out with actually has multicolored feathers of red, yellow, and green, which um, I'll be the first in line. I actually tried to get them to make me a custom one because my family has a special relationship with red macaws. We've actually gone on vacations just to see red macaws in the wild. (laughs) There's <laughs> actually a funny story about that. We we went to this uh, encampment that you had to fly into in Costa Rica. And um, we're getting off the plane. And we're there literally to see Scarlet Macaws, right? And as we're getting off the plane, there's someone getting on the plane. And we were like, hey, how was it, you know? And they were like, "Well, oh, you know, it looks good. You know, maybe a little bit more rough than we expected. But man, those damn parrots just wouldn't shut up. I was <laughs> just like, wait a second. Like, pretty much if you go to this place, you're going there for scarlet macaws. And so um, I thought that was kind of a funny um, opinion to have based on that. But uh, yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of the times, you know we we actually talk about this internally that's just one of those things that you have to learn otherwise you know you just won't get it and and the simple fact is is that we can tell you not going lower you know is better but oftentimes you kind of need to feel it right and you have to have gone Okay, I exhausted that option, what Paul said was real, and now I know that going forward. And then for the rest of your life, you don't need to know that anymore, right? But there are many of you that still need to learn that. I needed to learn that, I'm sure Becky needed to learn it, I'm sure Carolyn needed to learn it. It's not something that makes any of us unique, but if we really wanted to test kind of you know our limits, we have to look at mentally as well as physically. Okay, so I wanted to walk a little bit through that because I'm currently being tested mentally. Um, As many of you following, I actually have a post about it today. And it's interesting because a lot of people will look at the post that I'm about to put out there and look at the food that I ate and go, oh my God, what an amazing thing it would be. And truthfully, it is amazing. It is amazing to go to a steakhouse and pretty much eat whatever you want, right? What's not amazing is salad day and yogurt day and raw pistachios day and and things of that nature. And that's the part that you don't see that ends up being uncomfortable. And so the topic of today is why you should push the AP cycle. Now we did a version of this, um, I always consider this class more of the advanced thought uh, process. So yesterday or Thursday, we did it for people that are not familiar with Econform. So, you know, we could really only give them, you know, like just touch on basic ideas with all of you, you know, you've been through cycle after cycle after cycle, you kind of know what it feels like. But one of the things that I think, um, and and we talked about this before, we know this works well. And one of the reasons why we know it works well is oftentimes we will do a fat loss cycle for someone and then have them wait until the holidays are over. So we go for like two months and then all of a sudden they have this amazing January. So what happened? Right. Well, three things happen. One, they hopefully were weight stable or within a range. I think, I think one of the things that, that, you know, I'm going to be talking about specifically um, is that range, is that discomfort. Some of the things that you see that become uncomfortable, right? You have to kind of work through that. And I'll talk about why. And then calories getting up. So one of the things that happens is you get your calories up to about 21, 2,200 calories, and you run, let's say, a three to four week AP cycle. Your average calories in that AP cycle is probably still only 1950 when you add it all up, right? So it's not just about getting calories highest, it's about getting calories higher for longer. Okay. So um Yesterday I wrote a post and it's interesting because when you are eating like this, your muscles tend to be more full. It's harder to keep control of sodium, things like that. Uh, Occasionally I will see you know, a little weight in my face—that's that Always seems to be. I. This is why I hate my wife. Um, n- none, none of her weight ever shows up in her face. Right? She lo- always looks the same. The minute I gain three pounds, I gain it right in my neck. You know, um, so that ends up being really frustrating. And 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 so if you're sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, it's summer! Everybody's taking pictures." You know, this is really bothersome. That's the kind of thing that you have to sort of fight against, and a lot of it is body dysmorphia, right? Because you know, I was two hundred sixty pounds at one point, right? And so, so what we're not good at as human beings often is comparing to what our former selves would be, rather than what ourselves were yesterday. So, if you're holding on water, or it shows up in your face and pictures things of that nature you're going to have to go through that comfort discomfort i mean one of the things that people say all the time and and i'm i'm just going to say what i think and hopefully people take it that i'm a caring person and that um i'm not being flippant but you know i'm bothered when my clothes get tight well if you bought clothes too small because you were trying to stay too small for too long, then I I think we I think we're we all have these bad levers in our head that stop us from having success, right? Um the pictures is one of them, the clothes is one of them, right? People act like you know, we all have this wardrobe of 2,000 items and they all need to be a size six. And oh, by the way, you know, I don't know about you guys, but for men, a size 36 pants fits different on one brand than it does on another brand. So, so you know, but if we're all being real, we wear three t-shirts, two pair of pants, maybe two skirts, Right. And then a lot of sweatpants right now, you know, and I think we need to be honest with ourselves so we don't use those levers in our our head. And and truthfully, if you want to get to that place, you know, I I said this in the podcast the other night, I'm going to say it again, you know, I'm 190 right now. I suspect that I should be able to get to 179 pretty easy, possibly 174.9. And a lot of people are gonna comment, wow, I can really see it. You're looking great. Don't care. I appreciate the fact that you're being nice. I'd rather you not talk about my body composition. It's not helpful for me because ultimately I don't make my decisions based on how other people feel about my body. I feel about my body always roughly the same, right? <laughs> because I don't lose or gain weight based on what your expectation of me is. I lose or gain weight based on what my goals are. And so for my goals, you know, of being better at at what I do most of the time, which is pickleball, um, it just makes sense for me to weigh closer to 170 than it is for 200. But if I'm trying to squat 400 pounds, it makes much more sense for me to weigh 200 than it does 170. That's just math, right? Um, and so, so I have firm rules about that. You know, when somebody will say something about a picture or whatever, you know, um, even positive, I will say to people, I think that that's part of the problem, right? Us, you know, I think it's one thing to say congratulations or keep going or I don't even like keep going, right? Because keep going implies that you haven't done a lot of hard work already to get there, right? And you know what? They don't need to keep going. They already did something amazing. That's why you're looking at their pictures in the first place. Right. So I I still have struggles with with all of that. But obviously, most of you know that people need visual proof. Right. And they need visual proof that women can eat 3000 calories and look amazing. And so that's why we do it. But there was a long period where I was firmly against before and afters. And the only real concession that I made, so, so what happened in that instance is that literally the first employee that ever worked for Eaton Farmer just this lady at my gym who I was like, yeah, like you'll just be answering emails for like 30 minutes a day. Um, you know, I had no idea that 100,000 people were going to show up within 30 days. I had no idea that a million people would show up within a year, that kind of thing. Right. So, so it all just blew up, but she saw me every day, you know, be honest with you with my shirt off. Right. Because, you know, if it's summer and you're doing CrossFit, you're probably going to take your shirt off. Um, and she's like, I don't think people know what you're talking about and they need to see it. And I was just like, I think that it needs to be a long-term process and, Pictures shouldn't confuse that. I was also very much against recipes. Changed my mind on that. I just think recipes make things more difficult because you can keep things really, really simple. But at the end of the day, there needs to be some guidance on both of those things. And so, those are concessions that I made. In the end, you know, um, I you know, I'm I'm probably more comfortable. I, you know, I was thinking about this today, most fitness brands, as an example, are not there to really help all of you, right? If you're inspired by somebody else's abs, I, I think that that's, that's kind of the wrong way to get inspiration, right? Now, if you needed proof that what they say is true, then that's probably good. But I just see a lot of fitness brands out there where the person is not posting people that they're transforming. It's basically just an ego flex, right? That's all of Instagram, you know, Um, and we all have difficult relationships with that. You know, Um, I, I just, you know, I mean, Dana Lynn Bailey, you know, as an example, looks great. You know, but Dana Lynn Bailey has a lot of incentives to look the way that she does every single day. And she also, you know, has been doing it for 20, 25 years. You know, if you find that inspiring, then that's great. But I just get very concerned. And I'm not specifically, I think Dana Lynn Bailey's, you know, most of her posts are, are great. I haven't really found anything objectionable. Um, but, I do think that sometimes you know fitness influencers in general put out a rigid message you know about clean eating and all these things that can actually harm people long term and so you know um it's it's okay to be inspired by Sarah, right, but you know until you know what Sarah did twenty years ago. It's just not it's not your journey, right? and that's that's great. We like to put that out there. One of the things that we like to put out there is the specifics, you know um, so let's get into some of those specifics because you know one of the things that came into um this cycle was I'm gonna get to four thousand For those that don't know, um, I had a pretty strict rule when I first started eating form, and I'll give you kind of the background of why I came to that conclusion and then what I did and how I did it Um, because it wasn't all great just so you know so I had been dieting for roughly 10 years Uh, early on I tried uh, Weight Watchers Um, towards the end I was trying a little bit more of low carb And I was more interested in intuitive eating than I was into counting. Um, And I kept failing over and over. And and what I don't think most people realize is that they, they mostly fail upwards as it relates to the scale. So I kept losing weight and then gaining back the weight plus 10, right? Because, you know, the biggest piece of eating the form isn't taught, right? It's the part where food normalizes. And so I kept getting to that place where I would lose up to 75 pounds, right? The last time I was doing low carb, I lost 75 pounds. And I literally had people asking me if I was sick, if I had cancer, that kind of thing. It was drastic, you know? Um, and so, you know, when I went on vacation, gained 10 pounds within probably five days of coming back home, uh, I was up 15 pounds and I mean, it was just a quick road to gaining all that 75 pounds plus another 20. That's what got me to 260, right? So I was done with dieting at that point, but I knew I needed something. So for those that don't know, um, initially the blog was not called Eat and In Form. Initially the blog was called Your Diet Sucks. And I wanted to prove that the way that people diet is wrong or at the very least going in the wrong direction most of the time now I was not where anywhere near as evolved as Eaton form is now, right but I knew that mentally I was tough enough to push through some difficult things and I had some advantages I had not been active most of my life so I hadn't torn my ACL I hadn't you know done a lot of things that would would, that put other people at risk that are a little bit more active. So, so being active to me just like changed my life like really quickly. But the standard that I set, especially as I started talking to more PhDs, was five thousand calories. Right? That was that was going to be the proof of of what ultimately would become Eat to And I did not I did not expect to have you know ten thousand clients you know, all this and that. I just thought I would be a guy in his basement blogging and working out. And then, you know, uh, my family was like, yeah, it's over, it's too much. We don't want to hear about it anymore. And I was like, eh, I think some people want to hear about it, right? And uh, and then, you know, they were like, well, no one really wants to hear about your diet. And I'm like, but it's not a diet, you know? Um, and so so I, saw, I started seeking out all of you. Right and and I thought that that it would be all forty year old men trying to recapture their youth, um, and then all of you showed up, <laughs> and all of you are women, um, and it. I remember talking to to you know the the person that I was working with who was um, a registered dietitian and a PhD PhD in kinesiology um and he said well yeah you're you're talking about weight loss um of course there's going to be nothing but women that show up and i was like well i didn't know that <laughs> you know so so all of this was relatively new to me and so but the one thing that that was not new to me is i knew how to, how to hire experts i'd done that in my jobs previous to this and um so so that's what I did, right? I hired women, I hired women PhDs, I hired you know all the people that ultimately all of you know are helping you to to this day. So um the 5000 idea I, I improved it, right? I went from 260 to 149 and a half. Okay? So let's let's go into what does 149 and a half look like at Uh, 5,000 calories well it looks like Paul working out three times a day twice a week right two times a day most weeks and and almost no rest right um to the point where my left eye just blinked all the time I just had so much accumulated stress that um you know, I just I just didn't know what to do, um, and I, I just considered it kind of part of the deal, um, and that was part of the evolution of that process. Was you know I needed to realize that that overworking out had had issues also. So very early on, I was getting sick a lot, um, which you know, I was at least smart at that point, and what I would find is that when I got sick, I wouldn't work out. Um, and when I didn't work out, my left eye stopped blink uh, started you know, working the way it's normally supposed to work. And so I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I kept just taking all of this feedback and then just making adjustments as we go. and um and then, what happened was that I got to a point where I wanted to check my body fat. You know, I'm looking at pictures online and I'm expecting to come in around 20%. You know, I was, I think, 189 at that time. I had done mostly cardio. Um, I'm just trying to think if I would have been doing... Now I think that was pre CrossFit. I think that was about six months before CrossFit, and so um, I went from two sixty to one eighty nine, and I was thirty two percent body fat, and I thought I was going to be twenty, and I cried. I thought it was. I thought it wasn't real. Um, I did all the things that we all think. Right, like this is this is not true to me. This is, this is just a data point, but man, data point might be wrong and this and that. And so, within a week, I did I did another one at the same place, and then I did a dexa scan, and the dexa scan came out worse. Right, so I mean, I just didn't know how to process that. I had worked my, literally worked my ass off. um, And I was skinny fat, right? And um, the nice thing about what I was doing it, what I was doing was I was getting constant feedback, right? And, you know, everything that I was doing, was based on the statistics that I was receiving at the time. Now I will say, I got too obsessed about body fat, which is something that I encourage many of you not to do. We don't really put out the body fat thing. And all the people that say, I'm gonna start testing my body fat more regularly. I usually caution them because of my experience, right? Um, A lot of the times, it's not as helpful as you think it's going to be. It's not going to tell you what you think it's going to tell you. And then let's be real. If we're we're all being real, we just don't have the time to be the Dana Lynn Bailey's or the Tia Claire Toonies or, you know, all these people that we follow that are inspirational to us that keep us active, right? But not active enough to go from 30% to, to, to ultimately what became eight. Well, the difference between me and you at that time is that I was tra- transitioning from what I was doing to eat to perform. And so in that transition, I had nothing but time. And so what do, what do we all say when we have time like that? Well, I'm going to make sure I get my fitness in line and I'm going to get my nutrition in line, all these different things. So and then what do we do? We don't do it. I did it, right? And so so now, because of my statistics background, I started analyzing these numbers. And the one number that was telling me, you know, my muscle mass was below 130 pounds. And so it told me, you're doing too much cardio. And so, so I knew that I needed to build Muscle mass, the funniest thing about, so my lowest, I got down to Um, 149.5. I checked it the other day. Right now, my lean mass is 167. I have almost 20 pounds more muscle than I had as a human being at one point. That's pretty incredible. And really shows you the value of just weighing more. And why just weighing more on occasion? We all freak out about five pounds or or even 10 pounds. You know, Stephanie made a great post the other week about 10 pounds, right? I mean, if you're 120 and you're not willing to be 130 to reach your long-term goals of being more lean, you're probably going to stay 120 and not lean. Right. And and that's going to you know you just it's very, very hard to put on the mask. And so. That's when I was sort of introduced to the fact that, you know, so so Mark Reperto used to talk about this all the time. So he would have young people come to him and he would say to, they would say to him, you know, what do I do to put on masks? And he said, well, how much do you weigh? And he said 160 pounds. And he said, come back to me when you're 200. And that's it. That was all. That was this old vice, right? And and there's a lot to that. Now, men tend to be a little bit more comfortable. I will say, when I, you know, when I first went to powerlifting, I had decided to go to 190, and um, that was very mentally uncomfortable, um, being that I was 150. Um, but I knew I knew that stress part. I didn't want my eye coming back, you know, and I knew food could help there, but I also knew that if I over exercise or overstressed and it did come back a little bit. I mean when you're when you got 500 pounds in your hands a lot, that is accumulated stress like none other, right? Um, and so so I had to suffer through a little bit of that um as I went through through 190 and I had to kind of come to some conclusions, but ultimately um you know that is what ultimately led to 167 pounds of lean mass. And um now it didn't at that time. So so what you know once again, you know, I'm I'm a numbers guy. So I went in body fat tested before I started um power lifting I think I was 165 at that time. And, um, you know, I was going to go to 190 and, you know, I lift my 500 pounds. I'm doing my work, things of this nature. Um, Every single pound that I gained was fat and plus some. I'd actually lost some muscle in the process. So, When people talk about losing muscle or gaining muscle, what you have to understand is that there's a part of that that's hydration, but there's also another part of it that is fiber type, right? So the fiber type that you add when you are powerlifting is not the same fiber type that you add when you are bodybuilding, right? So what did I do? Well, I just gave you the formula. I started bodybuilding. Right. So now I'm dead lifting 500. I'm squatting 350. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm heavier than I've ever been, but I'm also lifting weights. I couldn't even think about before. Right. And, you know, doing reps at 280 times 20 was easy. And I mean, it would have crushed me to try to do that. Previously for squats, um, for bench, you know, it's probably 225. I'm probably doing reps at 180. You know, these were numbers that were my PRs at one point. You know, very quickly you could see it. You know, because I was lifting heavier weight at a fraction of what my powerlifting numbers were that year to two years was life changing and a lot of what we teach all of you right now and um the food piece of course was more you know it wasn't quite 5000 it was probably more in the 4000 range um I wasn't diligently tracking at that point because you know I, I wasn't even weighing myself actually because my goal was to get to 190 And so if I weighed myself all the time, now all of a sudden I'm going to get in my own way. So I decided not to weigh myself, which is contrary to virtually anything we tell of all of you. But the difference between me and all of you was that I was willing to gain, what, 25 pounds there, right? I mean, if you're willing to gain 25 pounds, just raise your hand and then your coach will give you full range right but until you are you know we know for a fact that the best way to kind of maintain weight over time is to keep an eye on it, right and it also gives us the information to kind of move you in the right directions and then part of our coaching is of course walking you through those uncomfortable moments where your weight's up two pounds and then you know you still want to lose 30 eventually Right. It's like, well, if every time your weight is up two to five pounds, we move to, let's say, a mini cut. We're never going to lose 30 pounds, right? We have to we have to get through these. And a lot of times what happens when someone needs to lose 30 pounds is they actually only need to lose 20 pounds because through that process in a year or two, they can gain 10 pounds of muscle. Right. It's just they have to be a little comfortable with that wave fluctuation so what does this mean why am I pushing the 4,000 and what's the plan afterwards well one of the things related to pushing the 4,000 is I always kind of want to push things a little bit more than most of you would be comfortable with, right? Because I want i I can't ask you to do uncomfortable things if i' are, if I'm not willing to do things that are a little bit more comfortable than even that, right? So I think that that's important for me to set that standard. Um, and we have other people that set that standard. Virtually every coach, you see it with Sarah's macros, you see it with Stephanie's macros. Um, and, and Maria's been a great example lately, you know, we, we always try to get specifics. Um, there's another piece of that 4,000 though. Okay. So this is, this is, it, you know, once again, we're kind of having that, that honesty time, right? If you never push the uncomfortable part on the top end, you know what the fat loss doesn't seem worth it. And then you never get really uncomfortable, right? So you get to 21, 2200, your weight fluctuates, two pounds, right? And then you're like, well, I kind of want to lose another 10 pounds. It's like, no, no, when you're at 4000, you're like, bring on the fat loss. This sucks. I am tired of eating all the time, right? Now, Is this what's going to happen to me in PR? No, because I can extend that out over the course of years. What we're trying to do is incubate a very small period of time, which in this case is three months, so that I can get the best result. I know I was not eating 4,000 calories for fact previous to this, right? and so if I lost 12 pounds before, it just stands the reason that I should be able to lose at least 12 pounds this time, right? And possibly more. So, um, but without me showing you that, it's kind of hard to know. But then there will you know, look, you, all of you are different, but I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Well, yeah, but you know, I've got this or I've got that, or there's a reason why I can't do this. Look, I just play pickleball, okay? Like I'm not, you know, I don't even lift weight. Last time I tried to lift weights, I got hurt and couldn't play pickleball for for 10 days. So, you know, I've been very careful with the weightlifting. Now I do need to bring that back in. I will bring that back in relatively soon. Um, I thought I was being cautious. But even being cautious, you know, obviously it it went a little too far. Maybe I won't start with squatting next time. That's sort of the point. Um, So I'll do with something that's a little bit more wheelhouse which is deadlifts for me. But what I think happens for a lot of people is they come to us eating 1,100 calories most of their life, right? except for those few times on weekends or whatever, where things kind of get away from them. And of course the metabolism is kind of low, right? This is what I talked about, why people gain weight back with interest is that when you add in a bunch of food and your calories and metabolism are low, your body's just not ready for that. So it's just gonna store it, right? And it's either gonna store it as water or fat, you know? And so as metabolism is higher, you can get away with things a little bit more. These are all the things that I had to learn. These are the things that I had to bring to the table eventually. I mean, people talk about metabolism like like it's this this mystery, you know? It's it's mostly eating food in abundance, right? And so what I think happens is that 2,200 calories people get to kind of their discomfort level but you know when you break down the math of it you're you're still not looking at much more than 8 to 10 pounds over over time right and so and we know that you know after about 3 months your body becomes very unresponsive and then what happens you know, because you see this all the time. There was a, I talked about this in the last podcast. There was a lady that came in and she's like, I wish I knew this when I lost my 52 pounds because I literally did everything to lose 52 pounds. And she was responding to someone that lost 52 pounds and was really only dieting for about 20 of those weeks. Right. And so, and then, the worst part of that story is that to keep that weight off, you need to maintain your muscle mass and pute- muscle mass and potentially build some to kind of help in that journey. Well, guess what happens when you spend a whole year starving yourself? Your muscle will become an energy source at some point. So the person that only diets 20 weeks a year, 10 on one end, 10 on the other, that person is gonna be at a substantial advantage over the person that diets all 52 years of the 52 weeks. Now, what did the person that lost the 52 pounds have to do that the person with the 52 weeks, the 52 weeks doing it the lead to perform way required some level of faith, some level of patience, and some level of understanding of how their body works, right? The other person is just like, give me more motivation videos, struggle harder, right? All the struggle porn, you know? Um, Every single thing that, you know, you know, weaknesses or pain is weakness leaving the body, you know? And they're following every Navy SEAL they can find, you know? But at the end of the day, all that's doing is bringing more stress to the table. And then once you're done, you have to kind of unravel this rat's nest of bullshit that you did to yourself, right? And so while right now, so my lowest was 186.6, actually, I talked about this when I was in in Las Vegas, I actually got lower than 186.6. So some of that, of course, was dehydration. You know, I think that that hydration is is such a big piece of this, um, and and people just aren't aren't honest about that. And so, I've had to be very comfortable being in the one nineties right now, um, and then dipping into the one eighties, um, the high one eighties. And, and working through that mentally. You know, when you're 186.6, I'm not different than all of you. Of course, I would like to be 186.6. When I was in Las Vegas and got down to 180, I think it was like 185.9. Man, I was doing that happy dance. Like, all hail the scale. Thank you for granting me the wish of 185.9. I'm the same as all of you, right? But... My rational mind always kicks in and goes, "You're dehydrated. It's 120 degrees outside. You know you have to you have to do better at staying hydrated um, while you're playing pickleball, right?" And so I started bringing double the water, double the liquid IVs. And really, you know, wouldn't allow myself to get that dehydrated um, for the rest of the trip. And so, when we talk about being at four thousand calories, being, you know, being comfortable with weight being five pounds more, why? Well, that five pounds more is going to show dividends when my when I move to fat loss, you know. Now, one thing I, I do want to say to this, because if you haven't experienced it, you won't know, and you need to know this. My calories will get as low as they were before even eating more. You need to know that, that pushing these calories higher doesn't necessarily change the finish line. You end up at kind of that same place, Right partly because your body adjusts to it really fast, but also if we looked at sort of a set point, and let's say that that set point for a man might be 3,000 calories, right? When you eat 4,000 calories, really what you're trying to do is gain muscle in that instance. But of course, when you're gaining muscle, you're going to put on a little bit of fat and you're also going to retain more water in that instance. So the weight that comes off You know, it's going to be some combination of those two things or three things. Um, Ideally, you're holding on to more muscle um, and we do as good a job at that as really anybody. I mean, you can see that in virtually any photo. There's so many people that are like, you know, I moved to PR. I was under eating so many times. But look at this picture, right? Because now they're more conscious to protein, their muscles are more hydrated. And so therefore they look to it. But I need you to understand that, that just because you're at 4,000. So this is the, you know, bodybuilding.com and all these people, every single one of them has this wrong. They all wanna nibble at the deficit. And so what ends up happening is they end up nibbling at the deficit and all it does is extend the suffering piece, right? And you kind of want it to be in a short time frame, right? So that you can lose the most and then get back to normal. And what ends up happening, you know, I mean, you, you know, you don't have to take it from me. You can go on Reddit. There's a lot of bodybuilders that are really messed up about what they should eat. There's a lot of dudes talking about eating 2,000 calories. Well, that's why, right? Because they're trying to do it 50 calories at a time rather than 500 calorie jumps and then losing weight a little bit faster, having the tail end, you know, the the tail end of fat loss too will, will be when I'm losing the most fat, right? So all that time that you hear and people are like, oh, that loss too, got so uncomfortable. I mean, if you need to see drastic weight loss to keep moving mentally, um, you're you're just going to you just you're going to struggle, right? You you're not going to have that affirmation. But we what we do know from a scientific standpoint is that that's when you're burning the most fuel because you're at the biggest deficit. Right. And so your body is able to use. And so as long as you're keeping protein high, you're keeping carbohydrate relatively in there so so that your activity is still in place. You're going to be good and you're going to be a lot better off than you would be eating protein at 60 grams or whatever. You know, with a lot of programs that aren't as evolved as each perform will say it's okay to do. It, it's really not because you know now your muscle becomes viewed as an energy source. So that's something that we have to keep in mind. Okay, we don't have any questions at this point. So I do wanna talk, and, and you're welcome to bring questions. Um, I would really like to keep that part short. I really would like to end on time at 11. So, um, we can maybe do a lightning round if we need to, but I want to talk about the food, um, because you're lifers and we're going to be asking a monstrous favor of you, right? You're the foundation of who we are. Most of you are in PR most of the time. You're going to love this option. Um, and One thing I haven't said up to this point that I'm gonna probably mention tomorrow is that this refer friend program does not exist in the real world, right? Most of these places, so if you go to Freshly as an example and you refer your friend, I think you get $25. Um, We'll be giving 20%, uh, I'm sorry, 10% Um, but it's ongoing, right? So there's probably a lot of your friends that have looked at you and go, I want to do what you did, right? But they're maybe not ready to count calories, but also the interesting part about that is that most people are actually okay counting calories if all they're counting is their snacks. So if you have two to three prepared meals, and then you just add in some pistachios or a protein shake, that's not like a monstrous deal. So mentally they can succeed, whereas previously without food they could not, right? But I'm gonna tell you, you can get five to six people probably pretty easy, and you can have your meals paid for every single week. Right? Um, might The numbers might be a little bit higher than that actually, um, but it, it's pretty close because everyone buys every single week. And so therefore you get credited every single week. Right? And so that's that's a big thing. I do have a big discount that is coming specifically for lifers. It will be for life, um, or at least, at least the you know from our end, right? We we kind of have partners in this, and so um, you know, as long as we're partners with them, you'll have this this advantage. It's going to be a big advantage for you. I can't talk about it right now. We're still negotiating that. I'm meeting with those people um, next Tuesday. And so, so we'll nail out those details, but you probably won't hear about them until the 25th. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, until mid September. Um, but it's, you're going to like it right now. We'll say this, the 50, 50 deal that that's, you can't beat that, <laughs> right? It's a hundred match. You know, it's not gonna be that. Over time, it's gonna be a a great value. But for one time, you know, the 50-50 is just hard to beat. And so kind of keep that in mind. I did see some some questions come in. Uh, Carolyn, can you shoot me what they were? Yep, Uh, just one from Amy. Uh, everything you've said today is so helpful. I'm struggling mentally with a PR gain of 15 pounds as of today. This seems like more than what you stated is to be expected. I'm feeling good and not that uncomfortable, but mentally seeing that much of an increase is very hard. Not sure how much more to expect before I asked to go to fat loss. Last fat loss cycle ended mid-February. Any advice? I'm struggling to have faith. Well. Yeah, I mean, first piece of advice is that you have to be honest with yourself, right? The macros didn't make you gain 15 pounds. The It's the, you know, and I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not speaking for you. But, you know, when you do get weight gain, especially in the order of 15 pounds, it's just a lot of little things that added up over that time. I mean, February, I mean, we're almost six months past February. So there was that vacation in Nana's, right? There was the, the family reunion. There was that weekend in Vegas. And then, you know, you had a few other things where you weren't able to control your meals. And then all of that happened. Now, could you have come to us drastically dieting, right? Like for instance, a bariatric surgery type person that starts to move to normal calories you know, if you lose 100 pounds, you know, 15 pounds should be within the realm of of what you expect. So, if you spent the good majority of your life, you know, trying to be 120 at five six, right, and your body wants to be at 140, that can happen, right? But I really think it's more of kind of what 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 we're talking about. Um, I, I mean like we don't need like a bunch of people saying i have that same struggle right um they so so she's saying 157 143 i mean so so answer my question am i wrong that did, did it is it just the macros i mean you 100% compliance because i i i think if we can all have those truths about ourselves then we can we can forgive ourselves of a little bit of guilt right rather than turning it into shame right so so guilt like this is a Brene Brown thing but guilt is something that we can say this this happening was we can move on shame is who you are right and um the uh I I think if we could be honest that it wasn't just the macros going up that it might have had many things, um, okay, I got you. Um, I'm getting some messages along the way. And so um, the, um, yeah, I mean, I I just haven't, I just haven't had a scenario where the macro, the the only case I could make for, you know, drastic weight gain would have been, you know, if you're doing something like a whole thirty or a seventy-five hard or something like that, where your calories were at eight hundred, you know, and then you're sort of suffering through that, so that would be um, something to think about. But you know, if if you're uncomfortable sharing that, I totally get it. But I think that if we can all be honest about that piece, that would be really helpful. She did post um, publicly that she's five seven. 157 right now. Um, I know this doesn't help. This is not necessarily, I'm not trying to compare, but there's a lot of lean people at 57157. There's people that are going to compete at the CrossFit games next weekend that are eight packed up, 5'7, 157. So I think that there's probably some good things happening that you're probably not noticing a little bit because of what I said earlier. Right? You're starting to feel your clothes fit different. Maybe your face is looking a little bit different in pictures and things of that nature. Over time, what ends up happening is is you kind of find out what your sweet spot is. A lot of us have this thought process of I need to be 35, 135 to be a certain amount of leanness, things of that nature. Um, A lot of people, as an example, um, were like me, where they have more of a muscle problem than a weight problem, right? So like part of my story was the fact that, you know, I was doing excessive cardio. like if you if you've ever seen that three shot of me, right? So there's me at 260 pounds, and then both pitchers, I believe I was 162 pounds in the middle pitcher and then the one in the end. And the one in the end looks jacked, right? Well, of course, of course, I'm going to take that picture after a training session, right? So that helped. Um, But also, you know, I, I was skinny fat, right? I was doing excessive cardio to lose weight. And then I had to gain all of that back, right? And so I think that there has to be a little bit of personal responsibility. But some of that personal responsibility has to come in the form of I spent 15 to 20 years of my life doing the opposite. There is a price to pay for that, right? Like the weight loss medication, you know, I was having a great discussion with somebody about weight loss medication and coming up with some kind of aftercare program where we can help those people along. But you can't lose 50 pounds using weight loss medication, eating. 600 to 800 calories, and then not expect to gain 10 to 15 pounds in the aftercare. So mentally, if you can't get to that place, well, you're gonna really struggle, right? And I think that what you're sort of showing is that one, you wanted to kind of endure your life, right? I mean, part of what all of this is about is Testing our limits mentally, right? Which it sounds like you're you're doing. I think it's important. So, so I wrote. I wrote. Definitely read my mini article today because I think it will help you. Because what it helps you is, is you go, okay. What Paul's saying is true. Nana's got a little wild, right? Las Vegas was nuts. You know all these different things, and and they just add up over time, and then you know. Maybe for a month, you decided not to weigh yourself. And then by the time you weighed yourself, you were like, oh my God, it's worse, right? Um, Lack of information isn't often positive. But I think that, you know, the lesson that we all got, you know, like Whole30 basically does not exist. I know it exists in women's worlds more than men. But if you remember, everybody was doing Whole30. Right now, nobody's doing whole 30. Why? Because what you realize is that on whole 31, you're supposed to eat 900 calories. (laughs) Right. And people were like, no, I was just doing this as a cleanup. And it was hopefully going to stab you. You know, there was all this talk about, it was going to restart your metabolism by not eating 900 calories. Like that was such bullshit. Right. And then now we have, everybody's on a 75 hard right so so we didn't need we you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't that we were doing whole 30 and that wasn't hard enough right so now we're going to go 75 hard cuz i'm just not i just wasn't that much of a gangster right and so we just keep feeding this negative mindset and if you think about it if you're realistic about what goes on in your brain in these moments the dark thoughts that we all have right some if if you're predisposed to depression and we know that many people are under eating like that is going to do it more now you know having anxiety related to weight gain can also do it so that's why i said that the mini cart the mini What the Mini Cut article does is it shows you that you do have options, right? I think that, you know, one, some of what you might have could possibly be similar to me where, you know, um, you just needed to gain a little bit of muscle. It's very possible. I mean, this is not only very possible, it's likely. We did do this, right? Early on, I taught people to do body fat tests because I was doing body fat tests. And so I wanted to know, how are you responding to this? Almost always, what we found was the people that were under eating coming to us put on five to six pounds of muscle faster than anybody I'd ever seen, right? And they just look different. This is kind of what, <clears throat> what you see from the people that are under eating, and then go to PR, and then they're like, "I just had to take a picture to show all of you that there's only you know I'm actually up two pounds and I look like this." You know, does anybody see difference? And of course, everybody's like, "Yes, of course we see them. And and so so the, so that's that's some of the factor. Should you change how you work out? I'm always conflicted by that, right? Because In my mind, I really don't give two shits about abs, right? So it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I mean, if I take my shirt off, people know I work out, right? But I would much rather do something I love all the time than suffer doing something I really don't like for abs, right? Or, Or bigger biceps or or bigger quads. I mean, look, every time I see service quads, I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I need to go do some leg extensions. Um, but I just don't love leg extensions the way I love pickleball right now. And that might change, you know. I think it will change. You know, I, I do actually do kind of like leg extensions. I don't, I'm not a gifted squatter, you know. But... You know, the anxiety of will I continue to gain weight, I think it's probably important. Like, you're at the point right now where, so it's interesting. Like, like because you said it publicly, let's walk through it a little bit, okay? And I we're, we're going a little long, but, you know, I'm pretty sure this would be the part <laughs> everyone's most interested in. Um, because all of us struggle with the weight range and what is acceptable. And then, you know, um, when did that weight gain happen? Why did it really happen? You know, sometimes what happens is, is early on, you know, we let the cheesecake factory get a little carried away when our body's not ready for it. Maybe more recently, you know, maybe weight is a little bit more stable, things of this nature, but you kind of, you know, I know exactly what you're thinking. I don't want to go into the 160s. I know that for a fact, right? Because I've done it, right? I mean when I went under 200, you know, I never wanted to look back. Well, very next day it was 201, you know. And it's like, oh, so frustrating, you know. So I get it. I am not you know, I'm not I'm not like this unique being that somehow doesn't care, but logically we have to be able to step back from all of this and go, okay, how does this serve the bigger goal? Okay, so let's go. September 6th, we put you in a mini cut, right? What's the goal of the mini cut? Well, I said it in the article, five pounds, all right? We're 157, you just said that. Now that gets us to 152. 152, okay. No, it's not, right? And and, and maybe, maybe you might think it is, right? But really, you want to be back at the the 15 pounds. So you have to ask yourself, do I want to do a mini cut in September, right? And lose five pounds to get 152. Or do what I, I want to take the lessons of this last year, try to stay under 160 best I can. Coaches can help you with that in this regard, but you know, my guess is you're kind of at the top end you're 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 pretty weight stable you're gonna probably have to be a little bit difficult and then mentally go okay january 1st i'm getting it all back you're not getting it all back in a mini cup right and you're not even getting it all back running a fat loss cycle i mean yeah you could probably run another three months lose that 15 pounds but If realistically, what you're saying is, you know, that I actually wanted to be, I think she said 145. Um, I actually wanted to be 145. I mean, she might have actually wanted to be lower than that, right? So, what do we kind of know right now? That you might be predisposed to a little bit more weight gain as food starts to come back. So, if we shoot for January 1st rather than September 6th, we then have the ability to um, to get the 15 plus. That way you've built in like a little bit of a, a, of a runway. That's the goal for me, right? That's the reason I'm at 4,000 right now is what I wanna be able to do is get down to about 176 to 177 so I can have that buffer to 180. Now, I don't have any problem going to 190. Once again, my goals are different than your goals, right? I was 260. My wife thinks I look like Brad Pitt now, right? So so it's like a whole different world, you know? But I do think that, you know, I think there's a lot about, do you still love yourself? Did you start loving yourself? I think there's a lot of stories here for a lot of people that can get really, really complicated, you know, but if you're asking me what the best plan is, I think if you mentally need to go from 157 to 152, have at it, right? That's what a mini card will do for you. I don't think that's where you are, right? Because I've seen your comments before and we've had some discussions with you, right? So I know that these are kind of things like you want the bigger goal, right? And so what I think you're gonna have to do is get mentally comfortable that you are gaining muscle in this process, assuming that you're doing resistance training. Um, Even without resistance training, I will say that you will be able to um, uh, hold on to muscle, potentially gain muscle, but nothing's better than resistance training in that regard. Um, I will say that my muscle is up right now, some of that is going to be hydration. Some of that's going to be just you know more food's going to do that, um, but uh, nothing's going to be better than resistance training for that. Okay, so uh, I think that you know one, you you brought up something. You know there was some, there was somebody who said that yesterday, um, and they said they gained twenty five pounds, right? And I looked at, at the file. Of that person. Um, and that person was 410 pounds, right? And had lost, you know, 75 pounds already, right? I I just I just feel like without the specifics, people talk about weight loss and weight gain as if like it's not dependent on specifics, right? And and I was happy to have this discussion with you, but I think there's a lot of people that would hear what I'm saying. You know, I think there always needs to be some personal responsibility. That's that's one. But One of the reasons why we designed the program that, the way that we did was so that we would continuously get better over time. And what we see consistently is that the macros when followed, especially in the beginning, um. There's gonna be some fluctuation, but not near as much as most people think. Um, It's also not a blaming thing, right? You know, I, I see that all the time and it really annoys me that other programs blame any weight gain on the person. I don't think that that's what I'm doing here. What I'm trying to do is explain why when you gain muscle, you do have to gain water and fat along the process, right? And so, um, yeah, I hope that this is enlightening and helpful and things of this nature. I did wanna talk about the food. I'm just gonna throw that out. We're gonna be putting out a lot more specifics, um, but I do think it is going to help in situations like this a lot. I think that, um, you know, you know, a lot of people are looking forward to it for a fat loss cycle, and they probably need to look for it in a AP cycle, also, right? Because you know, all of a sudden, I mean, look, we've all done it. I've done it. Everybody on this call has done it. You you get out of you get out of AP, and you like, I deserve Jimmy John's, <laughs> right? And Jimmy Jones is nothing but sodium, right? And, and nobody deserves food. Nobody doesn't deserve food. Food's just food, right? Like we, we take all of these things that we do that provide our lives joy, provide our lives convenience, provide some stimuli for muscle, and we all internalize it in a way that can often be unhealthy, right? What I'm trying to do in having this discussion with you is to break down the factors that happen so that we can then go, okay, what's the next logical conclusion? Because I can tell you what the next logical conclusion was for me. I talked about it earlier. When I went low carb and lost 75 pounds, I gained 100 pounds within six months, right? So I think that we need to be honest with ourselves about, because I didn't know anything at that point, right? I was being told what to do, right? And it's the difference between, you know, the have a fish, you know, teach a fish kind of thing. Um, and I, I just didn't know. And, and so when I gained 15 pounds, I stopped looking at the scale. I knew that that made me miserable. And so I did things that that didn't make me miserable provided me with joy. And then that also caused me to be miserable, right? Because now all of a sudden, you know, by the time I hit the scale, I think I hit the scale plus 50, you know, by like four months in, you know, maybe three months in, I can't remember. And it, you know, it was, it was, it was a bad time in my life. It was like really dark, you know, because, Um, I felt doomed, you know, I think you're having a different discussion than that, you know, um, and your discussion is fine. I I think, I think your discussion is great. I think, I think one of the things people used to ask me all the time is, can I do PR for life? And I used to say, well, yeah, scientifically you could. And now my answer is no, you definitely cannot. Right. You're going to have to manage your weight along the way. Right. And that's fine. Right. But it's different. So there's two paths. There's the path where you live this joyless, rigid life of 1,100 calories, most of the time. Right. And then every time you eat out of 1,100 calories, your weight goes up and you feel guilty. Right. Or you do what I did. You become a little bit comfortable with some weight gain. You go seven years. Now, I'm a little bit more comfortable than all of you. Right. So I was able to to deal with a little bit more weight gain. I think the last time, I want to say it was at 170, you know, and um, I spent the majority of time at, at 190, got to 200, over 200 during COVID, uh, mostly related to my injury, um, and just trying to like juxtapose that. And then it was the the, the, the ice cream, uh, chocolate syrup, and peanut butter, peanut face. So, so what I'm what I'm saying to you about being honest with yourself, you know, when I went over two hundred, you know, we could I'm like, we could all die tomorrow. It's time for ice cream, chocolate syrup, and uh, that way it was, that way it came off like nothing, right? Um, and, and then of course my fat loss and been down to one eighty six. Um, I just don't know that my body's supposed to be at one seventy. I think for a lot of you you know, there, there's this want to be a weight because when you were 29, you looked good at that weight. Man, the, you know, you've gained muscle, you've changed your life, There's you're lifting weights, right? The, the What you look like when you were 29, you know, you're just a better version of that. You know, this is the part that people don't talk about. You know, and I was talking about this related to CrossFit Games and I'll end on this note. I'm not saying anything crazy here to say that I think Tia Clear Toomey is the favorite by far. Why is she the favorite by far? Cause she's got that grown woman strength, right? She's got that 31 year old, I've been lifting longer than that 19 year old. And that serves you well. I just think that many of you are too listening to too many messages bef- from before that aren't helpful. And I will say it: what we're teaching you is more difficult because you know when when I lost all that weight, someone told me what to do, and I did it, and it was great. Guess what? They didn't give me the formula. For the other side, that's why I gained 100 pounds back. I mean that, and a little bit of self pity, right? So if we can get, if if we can keep you with the option, you might at some point, right? You might say, so here's a great example. You might say that I'm gonna wait. I hear what Paul's saying. My state, my weight's relatively weight stable right now. You know, as long as I can stay on 160, I'm going to trust the process. I got it. Uh, now all of a sudden we're really pushing 160 on October 1st. Well, let, let's let's do it, right? Let's 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 pull the cord, you know, and then we run an extended AP cycle, and then fat loss to January 1st, right? So don't be in this situation where I'm saying to you, this is the way you should do it or the way you should think about it because that's not the way I think about it, right? The way I think of it is that you evaluate as the data comes to you, right? And what you're gonna find probably is that you like living a relatively flexible life and maybe that relatively flexible life does have you going to 160. And so, so the worst thing you can do is to tear down that runway that you built, right? What do we know? Well, so We know relatively weight stable, okay? Weight's up, but it's kind of weight stable right now, right? So as long as that's happening, we're good. Now, what do we need? We need calories higher, okay? Well, calories are higher. I don't know how high they are. I don't see your file. So kind of keep that in mind. And then the other piece is length of time, right? And so if we do all of those things, you know, those things are, are, you know, that's gonna give us the data to make decisions, right? Um, January 1st is better than October 1st, but by how much? I mean, that's really hard to say. I do think that we have the data to predict that eventually, you know, um, and we're working towards that goal. Um, but it's really hard to say, and even if we hadn't, you know, even if we could at some point say to you, you know 20 people who did this during this amount of time, it still wouldn't be you, right? It still wouldn't be your hormone profile, all these different things that come up. So kind of keep that in mind. I hope this helps everybody. Look, you know, what's the next what's the next um, series? Right, we're going to do three podcasts on whoa, summer got away from us, right? Because summer is getting away from us sometimes, and so I that means so much to me, Amy, that you said that because you weren't saying anything, so I didn't know if this was resonating with you at all. Um, but, but also talking to her, so it was, yes, yeah, and so, so you know, I just feel like, I just feel like this is a it's a tough process, right? And it's just natural for one of us all, or uh, for all of us, to go to the dark place, right? Snuggle up to the struggle, and and go. That's the answer. When you don't want to be that person at eighty years old, right? Like, like <laughs> I, I know I said I would leave this one. I will one hundred percent leave. I love my buddies in Ohio. So Ohio, I go to ohio during the winter time. We've done it for the last couple of years. Um, and we play pickleball. And the good majority of people are my age, right? They're they're my age or some range of my my age. One uh, 53 to 60 years old. But what I love about my 70-year-old friends and my 80-year-old friends is they give zero fucks. Straight up. they At this point, they're just like, I'm too close to the end. (laughs) I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my life. And I think part of what we all need to learn is what they already know, is that as you get closer to all this bullshit that we deal with mentally and physically, it's not worth it. Right. And so, so if we can find peace of mind, and you know, for me, you know, some of this, not not necessarily with weight, but some of these ideas, I needed a therapist for, right? And and I believe strongly in mental health um, maintenance along the way. You know, I I, you know, when I first went into my therapist, I was not, I was on top of the world right? She's like, why are you here? You're on the top of the world. I was like, I want to build a boat for when the storm comes. And that's what I did, right? And that's what I continuously do. And that's what I encourage all of you to do. is build your boat now, because it's really important later on. All right. Appreciate everybody being here. It genuinely touches me to have these discussions with all of you. And it's going to seem weird, but I love you. I genuinely care um and so i hope people appreciate that talk to you later bye